Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded, uh, the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional aspects of endurance training. I'm Taylor Thomas, your host and uh, founder of Thomas Endurance Coaching. And uh, today on the show, we have our very own coach, uh, Alana Levin. How are you, Alana? I'm well. How are you, Taylor? I am awesome. You know, we've... um, We've had uh, we've had folks from all over the world on this show, and it seems like a shame that we're just getting around to our very own <laughs> coaching team. So uh, I'm excited. This is this is good. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> um, so on the last uh, on the last episode of Endurance Mind, I did a I did a mini episode um, that I've been doing, kind of based on uh, just. Uh, audience feedback so it's a chance um to uh to kind of cover some things outside interview and and i i i said that i was i was trying to fight the um making everything that i talked about uh related to the, the covid19 pandemic but that i also decided that i was gonna um that i was just gonna lean into it now because it's on it's on everybody's mind so so i'm gonna lean into it i'm gonna ask you the uh the same thing uh our guests or something related so how 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 are you doing and how are your athletes doing amidst, uh, amidst all, all this stuff? Oh, you know, pretty, pretty good considering. Um, it's got some really different effects than anything I could have imagined. And it's not something I ever imagined, but I have found it personally to be an opportunity to slow down and to be more present, as cliche as that sounds, and to not have as many distractions, which has really facilitated that. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, um, yeah, I've seen that too. I mean, I think, do, do you feel like, if, I mean, if nothing else, like <laughs> there, there's really a, almost kind of like a, um, there's a, there's a beauty in, um, or maybe there's value in <clears throat> having like, uh, a lot of the options that normally kind of fill up your day being removed. Right. So like, yes. usually, you know, typically you're like, Oh, I, I got, you know, the world's my oyster. I can do all these things, right. I can, I can go out to eat or I can, you know, we'll go to a group run or ride or, you know, it, whatever it is, right. Anything. And and now so much of that is gone. And do you feel like that's, it's kind of like boiled things down, like condensing. So it's just like easier to focus on what you want to focus on. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think, you know, in the picture of regular life, let alone athletics, there are so many distractions. Um, and I guess specifically to athletic endeavors, there's some of that too. That's true, which is, um, we can't go on every trail. Uh, you know, we don't even have as many options on what we do. And there's something maybe about limiting even that variable. So you might be on your indoor trainer. You might be on the same bike trail doing it every Wednesday. And there's, there's a consistency to that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think that, um, yeah, I think specific to, I mean, you're right about kind of every, or I agree, uh, I think about kind of the everyday life part. I mean, I think it is nice to, to have some of those, you know, 
maybe things that were distractions removed. But yeah, I think specific to to athletics, I think, um, or, or, you know, the pursuit of, uh, you know, endurance sports or whatever, I think, I think you're right. I found that in my own like training, you know, like a lot, like you said, like a lot of the stuff's closed down. So you just, you put, you can become a lot more routine, right. It mm-hmm. seems like, and I've seen that with, um, is that what you're hearing or kind of seeing like with, with the athletes you work with that like maybe, you know, consistency is, maybe a little higher because because they <laughs> that's kind of their only option right like your only option is to be consistent because there's nothing else in your way definitely i i think in in two ways one is something like the indoor trainer you know being indoors on your bicycle takes out the variable of wind and weather um and so if someone's spending more time on the indoor trainer they're, they're more focused. They're more targeted. This is the range I need to keep. And they, and they usually are able to keep those ranges better. They're sitting on their trainer. They're looking at the numbers. They've got it. Um, on the other hand, even outside you're figuring out everybody is in a little bit of a different situation, depending upon where they live, not only with the restrictions that are put on them, but, if they live in the city or if they live near a beach um, or if they live in the mountains, they have different access. So within everybody's access, they're finding out where they can be outside. And so I, I will say it's, it's not just limiting the variables, but I think it's producing creativity in everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, triathletes who couldn't swim because the pools were closed their master's programs are not happening they were ready to open water swim the water's been closed to swim access to to people access and now a few of them are now getting in a pool if they have access to a private pool in the backyard with a tether they, it took them three weeks to come up with that. But now all of a sudden people are discovering or trying to find out what, what can I do to still get some of my training? And I guess I think it, it forces some creativity and maybe on just that whole theme, appreciation, simplification, creativity, working with what you have, there is something, as you said, the word, there is something beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. Not to negate that we're going through a very serious, stressful, and scary time. It's just that I, I am constantly struck during this time with, with how many things that I think are good that are, that are coming forward as well. Right. Yeah, man, uh, that's really, <laughs> that's awesome. The te- that's so, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen that one. I, but I, I, but I mean, I think you're right. It's so, it's so cool. And I, I've talked about it on, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about it and, you know, or, or, you know, in some of our discussions we've had and like team, team discussions with, uh, with TC and, Definitely. um, and then I talked about it on the, on the podcast and, you know, every, and, I, and again, I, I do, I, I think that to your point, I can, I, I agree hundred percent. I think that there's, um, you know, if we can, despite all of the disruptions, 
and, and they, and, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, there, there's plenty to, of that to focus on, right. If we let ourselves, but if we, if we allow ourselves to get creative or to get, um, to, to, to shift our perspective, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there or, you know, here, um, as well. And I think it's, you know, training solutions, um, and then also just, you know, our expectations and our goals and, and kind of how we frame our, our pro, you know, how we define, uh, progress or how we define, uh, success as, as people and as athletes. And, you know, we just can't, we can't do the same things we used to do. Right. So the road to success just looks different, right? It, it looks differently, you know, from professional perspective, looks different from an athletic perspective. Um, you might end up at the same goal, but certainly the road to get there is shaped somehow differently from the current circumstances, you know, and I think that's probably, um, if we're willing to kind of roll with that and be creative, I think there's probably some, some good in there, you know, that we can, we can walk away with. Um, do you think, you know, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say for, for sure on, on that, I think there's an element distraction from other people during training and racing can bring some good. So Mm -hmm. not always, sometimes we're out on group rides and we're not able to focus on our intent for that workout. And so group rides have their place, but when they're just, when they become a distraction or you intend to go out on your run workout, but you go out with a friend and then you push too hard or you don't push hard enough, or you do something different or you go longer, it removes that and gives everybody the opportunity to go back inside. Most of our endurance athletes are competing in an individual sport. And even though, but when you race and train with others, you can get easily caught up into mm-hmm. what is everybody else doing and how does that affect me? Um, are people passing me or am I passing them? Uh, there's still people out on the road for those people who can go on their bikes and run, but there's fewer people and, and it, it allows you to get out on the bike by yourself or get out on your run by yourself more frequently, if not all the time, and really start listening to your body, to how you're feeling, to how you're breathing, to how your legs feel without that distraction of other people, even in that way. So I I think it can, again, I think it's as to sound cliche an opportunity to refocus. Yep. I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if anybody's sounding cliche, it's, it's me. I've said that, I think now on like every public <laughs> platform that, that I have access to. And, uh, but it, I, I do believe it. And I, and I, and I find myself, I mean, you bring up a good point about the, like, kind of the, that, that individualized aspect of endurance sports. And, and, and I mean, you said it and it's true, like group activities have their place and that, you know, if it's something that the athletes find valuable or, or find motivating, I, I think that's great, you know, and it's, it is a, uh, it is a bummer for a lot of folks, you know, that, that, that aspect, um, has been removed, you know, whether it's track workout or group ride or run or whatever. Um, but I do find myself or have found myself, 
Uh, and I've told my athletes that, you know, as a coach, I, I'm, I'm like kind of great. I'm like, this is like more, more focus and more individualization, right? Like instead of putting that group ride or run on the schedule and not really knowing what it's going to be. Right. Because you, right. you know, we, we, uh, you know, you show up and somebody goes off the front, you know, or, you know, or if it's a run, you know, a, a friend decides to, to push the pace and, so as a exactly. coach, you know, you, you, you get that, you get that back, right. That data, you, that, you know, file upload or whatever. And, um, and it's a surprise, right. You're like, well, yes. what do we have today? Right. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, and then again, there's, there's a place for that and that's, you know, sure. uh, but it is nice to know what's coming, right. It's nice to know, I think as an athlete and a coach, um, again, if, the, if our perspective is right, that, um, uh, or if our perspective is, is shifted, I, I shouldn't say right, but um, that we can just count on the fact that like when we show up for a workout, it's going to move the needle for, for us specifically, right? It's not going to be too hard or too easy or too whatever, too long, too this, too that. We can, you know, we can just like sink our teeth in the things we need to do, um, you know, as athletes and coaches to make sure that we're we're moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've almost like felt guilty if you, I'm like, Oh man, you know, like I, I know that, you know, this athlete might be, you know, really, really frustrated that the group activities are off, but man, we're really getting a lot of quality work done. Definitely. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I was thinking maybe I was, you know, again, I was like <laughs> silently feeling guilty that, uh, that that was, that, you know, maybe it was only going through, through my mind. Um, I, I, what are your, you know, while we're on the, the, the topic, I guess, just because, um, well, cause I'm, I'm interested in, cause you're a coach as well. I mean, do you think, um, like, what do you think this means for, um, I, I mean, I want to say like endurance sports as a whole, but I think more specifically like the event side of things, right. I, I I'm really, I, I'm really interested in, or I find myself thinking a lot about like, um, you know, what does this, what does this mean for events? And if it does change or alter the event side of things in some way, then what does that mean potentially for how we like frame outcome based goals? you know, with our athletes as coaches or, or with ourselves as athletes. I don't, what, I don't know. What do you think? Sure. I, I think it is on the exact theme that we're discussing. And the theme that I see is races give athletes a goal to set their eyes on to target to to visualize to see to as you said to have an outcome and when you're racing with other people around you the benefit of that is that people are pushing you to push yourself so this this potentially this being a temporary but potentially longer term effect who knows when events will come back they just canceled berlin marathon that's in september right we we have to start asking ourselves what is our true motivation what is this all about and it's coming back internally 
not only to find your your whys, but but what pushes you. So there's I, I guess that says one maybe it doesn't answer the question of what does this mean for events, but how have we been using events and now how are we right. going to train, I guess. Yeah. No, that's I, I that's exactly where my my mind goes. Like I, I think um I mean there's no obviously like who knows, you know, we don't have a crystal ball and there's no right or wrong answer. And none of us know the answer, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you nailed it. Like what, how, how do we, how have we been using events, um, to define our goals and to, to define progress and what role have those things played in, uh, in athletic identity? And if they're altered in some way, what does that mean for those things? Right. And again, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I find myself like thinking of, about that, you know, just because I, 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 you know, one, it's, it's, it's really important, but I also wonder too, like, we've talked about this as a team, right. Is that, that with the, when you have an event calendar, you know, kind of presented to you, right. From a coach's perspective, you work with your athlete we don't set the dates of the events, right? We decide what, you know, the priority events are for an athlete. We work with that athlete to do that. And then, you know, boom, out pops X number of events, right? And then that's kind of our roadmap, right? Then we're just like oscillating between these events. And I, I've wondered if, you know, in, in when we remove that, does that kind of remove maybe like a crutch as well, right? Mm -hmm. do, do we then you know, are kind of forced to think about things differently or forced to train differently, like to your, to your point about, you know, getting creative. And, um, yeah, I just wonder, you know, if that, if that very kind of clear, uh, those clear benchmarks start to look differently or, or in this, you know, very immediate case, if they disappear, then how do we, uh, how do we define these things that we've, that have been kind of defined for us before. Right. You're like, okay, you know, Berlin marathons in September. Right. And then there it goes. Right. So we don't, we don't really have a say in it. We don't have to really, you know, we just move in that direction. Uh, and when things like that are removed, I think there's, there's potential there to really reframe kind of how we look at a lot of these things that we've maybe just like taken for granted as athletes. Right. Like, Oh, I'm going to do X number of events this year and I'm going to try to do as well as I can or win or whatever. Um, I don't know. Do you think, I mean, you answered the question exactly, but is that, is that kind of where your mind goes when you think about just like the race calendar getting erased, you know, at least in the very near term? It, it does. And we're, we've all had conversations with our athletes about their events getting erased. And I am really impressed with people's response. Um, I think I think athletes, for the most part, are are responding really clearly. Well, if that doesn't happen, I, I have this, or I've been working on this, or I've still been wanting to work on that. And it's been great to hear that they that the truth is the the event is just a symbol of what we're really doing, and and mm -hmm. it, like you said, it's been a crutch because it actually for, for some people or for most people, it will remove 
that reason that we're doing this in the forefront, what they'll start to focus on is the bib, you know, they'll frame the bib from the race or their results are posted or they'll post the results on their Facebook page and send it to everybody. It's, it's always about these results mm-hmm. and that's a crutch. It's, it's really not about the result. And again, to sound cliche, it's about the process. And so it's amazing to hear people be able to switch gears so swiftly. I feel like, I believe that these athletes are really in tune with why they do this. They immediately have a response of what they're working on. And, and you know, what I, I hear is, is the responses about what they really enjoy. Well, I really miss going to the pool, the pool workouts, because it really stretched up my body. My body felt so much better doing that change of workout, not, not pounding. Um, mm-hmm. well, I really, yeah, I, you know, I, I got a great photo from one of my athletes uh, on his, on his mountain bike ride. It's springtime where he is. Well, it's springtime where most of us are, but uh, you know, North America and, or and, uh, Northern hemisphere and just this mm-hmm. gorgeous picture. And I feel like what I'm, what I think I'm hearing is more joy coming out of people's workouts, of people's training. There's right. a little yeah. bit of a relief even from some of these athletes from, from that say, you know, there's some pressure off and I can, I can kind of enjoy what I'm doing a little bit more. And we, we want to maintain that when the race is coming up too, but it doesn't always happen. And so, so if, if joy for, for, for being out there is rising to the surface more than, than great. Um, yeah, the, that's great. Go ahead, sir. No, I, I was going to jump back into trying to answer the question for what does this mean for events? And I've put on a, f- a few events regularly over the years. And I, I keep thinking that as a, as an event organizer, there, there's so many things going on for event organizers. A, a lot of them are making their living doing this. So there's, again, we, we know there's economic impacts to everyone. Um, and for the people who have focused all of their career on this, it's a big, big hit. Uh, I know people are trying to come up with some original, unique virtual events. I do think that maybe it forces industries that have had a lot of momentum reevaluate their meaningfulness. And there are so many races, so many races on the same weekend, so many options for different kinds of races. Again, maybe this is an opportunity to, to be brought back to our roots or to be a little bit more uh, discreet with our, with with what we present, what's out there, what's available to people. So I don't know how event organizers will respond to that, but clearly there's going to be a lot of events that won't be able to come back. And I do hope that the events that stick around or perhaps that, that they will get more, that there will be more quality and more appreciation or respect for, for an event. It's, there's so many events. It's like a dime a dozen. There's just so many. Maybe there's some 
again, opportunity to, for the participants to evaluate what they're jumping around. You know, it's that attention span kind of thing. First, I'm doing this kind of race, then I'm doing that kind of race. So there's this race here. I want to do that race. And also for the event organizers to, to consider what, what are they bringing to people? So. Right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it. That's a really, that's an excellent point. I, you know, I, I hadn't thought about, I guess I hadn't explicitly thought about just how, how many races there are, although we, we all, I mean, you know, you look at any, you know, any like discipline calendar, like you said, I mean, there's so much, but I, uh, maybe back to, you know, I think that ties in with what we were talking about in terms of just like athlete focus, right? Maybe mm-hmm. there's more of an opportunity there for the athlete to not be, feel like they're being pulled in so many different directions. You know, I'm sure you have had, you know, athletes, conversations with athletes or athletes, you know, they just, if it's on the calendar, if it's like within their kind of, you know, regional proximity, they feel like they have to do it because it's offered. And, you know, and I, I've always been an advocate of, of, you know, show up when it matters and then, you know, everything else, keep it, keep it out of here. Right. You don't, you don't, Definitely. you know, necessarily certainly don't have to race for racing's sake right now there are people that that really like to race right and i and i've i've been a person that has you know raced every weekend you know but if it's not a value add right if it's not bringing uh value to your experience it's not bringing value to your training to to your point like if the race in itself is not valuing the the person that shows up if it's not poorly if it's not if it's poorly executed or, or whatever, then yeah, I think, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, if, that would be, um, potentially, a, you know, again, I mean, you hate to, you hate to see, you know, you want everybody to, to thrive economically, you know, but right. if, if there is a side effect, um, you know, yeah, maybe it provides more focus or it pushes the people who, really want to provide that value to the athletes to, to be, to stand out. Cause I think that's the other, it gets the people that are really doing a great job, right. They're, it's harder for them to be seen amongst people that, you know, maybe it's just a little, you know, pop-up race or it's somebody that, you know, isn't doing it full time or, you know, you know, I mean, I think there's, sure. there's probably levels there, right. Where you want some people to, to really shine and, and, uh, and, you know, otherwise. So that's, huh. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. It's really, it's really good. Um, I, I wonder, so I want to go back, you know, I, I thought you mentioned, um, kind of bringing more, you know, this idea of like bringing more joy into the athletes training. And I think that's, um, I think that's a really cool observation. And I, you know, I've, I've seen that too, you know, I think, well, I mean, it really, t- it, it piggybacks on the, like, kind of exactly like what we're just talking about with events, right? I mean, there's pressure that comes with it, right? If you feel like you have to fill your race calendar up. If your training partners are bouncing around from race to race and there's pressure there and you know, you gotta, there's Tuesday night worlds and there's a Thursday night track workout and then there's a Saturday morning group ride and there's master swim. And you're like, you know, <laughs> good, good guy. Right. I never, you know, I, I never got a chance to like do my own thing. You know, it's just like, I think there can be this pressure or maybe there even, maybe there is this pressure. I think it's very real that like you just, by the time it all kind of gets laid out in front of you, you're like, 
shit, there's, there's all these things, right? There's all these things I, I, I have to do now or you feel that way. Um, right. and that can, that can suck some of that joy out of there. And, um, but I, I think I want to, do you feel like this is a little bit of a, uh, of a clunky transition, but it's something I guess that popped in my mind. So I'm just going to kind of go with it. Um, that, you know, for yourself personally, you know, you've been, um, you have kind of a deep athletic background. You were, you know, uh, very active and, and athletic and, you know, high school and through college and skiing and, uh, got into, uh, triathlon and running, you know, relatively, uh, early on. And so just being someone who's had, you know, a long experience or longer than, than a lot of folks with athletics. I mean, do you think that that, like, does that give you more perspective? You think like when stuff like this happens and you're kind of navigating these types of things, do you think the fact that you've like, that, that you've had your kind of athletic identity for a longer period of time, do you think that that helps or is that, does it not matter at all? <laughs> yeah, mm. I'm always just curious. Well, if I, if I understand your question correctly, and if I, if I'm not following it, just interrupt me. In particular, having the part of your identity taken away of events, how does that affect your joy or athletic identity? Yeah, you did a good job of picking up on that really clunky uh, stream of consciousness. <laughs> but I, but, I, but I, I told I told you it was not good. But I, I I'm glad you you followed my uh, what no, I was I, putting together there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I really do think that the time I I can't remember a time where I haven't enjoyed moving my body from a very, very little kid and whether, and, and it did funnel, it did express its way in the form of competition at a very young age. Um, and, and actually it has progressed and evolved into a less competitive, um, part of my life. So now I, I don't compete as much, and I really get out there for the joy. And there's so many other things that fulfill me. So personally, my joy has transitioned from, I'll say, more of the competitive world to more of the enjoying being out. Generally, it's being outside, but enjoying being outside, doing what I love in a place I, I love doing it. And so I think it's even before this as a coach, it's made me appreciate when I hear an athlete who really enjoys the training. Most of them are working toward an event or toward a race, but you can hear when somebody really has a good time, really feels fulfillment from being out there. And now with this, it, it probably puts me in a position where I can, I can either identify it when I hear it again in the athlete during this transition, or perhaps I can help from personal and current, you know, experience with 
with training that there's more to training than racing that there's so, um, did that answer the, or did yeah, that? No, I, no, no, again, you, um, you, you made, uh, you made a uh, great use of my really poorly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the upside of, of having, uh, having you on the show. Cause we, we, you know, you, you and I talk enough that you, you, you can decipher my like ramblings. Um, I, uh, no, I, I, and I just, I, you know, I think, do you think that that's something, um, I'll qualify this statement a little bit. So it's clear. Um, I, I think that that perspective, uh, you know, what I see, Oftentimes, even before, um, uh, you know, the current um, kind of global crisis uh, situation, that that perspective, that that joy uh, can be harder to find for athletes that are new to sport. Right. Like they they cling to um, they cling to the events maybe much tighter um, because th- that's kind of, that's the clear line they can draw, right? They don't have that depth. And I think that's, that's kind of what I was getting at with like you being someone who's always known kind of the joy of exerting yourself and moving your body and doing that in places that bring you uh, places that bring you joy. If, if, if that's a, uh, a relatively new concept to, to an athlete, you know, certainly a, an, an adult athlete. Do you think that that, do you find that they struggle more to, to find that kind of identity outside of racing or do you not, do you not see that that there's a link there? Are you asking, did you specifically say for new athletes or, f- or for all athletes who I'm, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, I see kind of two, um, correct me if you don't think this is right or you feel free to add, but there's, you know, there's kind of like two, two types of athletes, very generally there's athletes who have been, I, I would say like yourself that have been involved in sport, let's say for their whole life, right. More or less, right. You, you've, you've always had that as a kind of a, a piece of your life that you've revolved around or that's revolved around you. And then there's athletes that come to sport later in life, right? They want to make a change. They want to set a goal. They need motivation. Um, there's probably a third kind of subset, which is, you know, someone, an athlete who had sport early in their life, took a took a break, you know, and then came back to it. So, yeah, no, I, I think what I've, I'm kind of observing and I just, you know, I think that there's like kind of a mental emotional component to to it is that the athlete that has a a really deep background in sport seems to have like yourself, maybe an easier time uh, finding that joy outside of racing and potentially the athlete that is new to sport um, has a harder time. So yeah, my question is, do you see, um, do you find that those athletes that are coming, that are new to sport are, are having more challenges kind of finding that athletic identity, um, or finding that joy outside of racing? Well, I, I would say possibly during this time, um, because if, if 
if starting to race is newer to somebody and, and the race is taken away, then that, that throws them off more than an athlete who's been doing this for so long. They do have that depth to, I think my athletes who, who are more mature in terms of athletics, who have been involved in athletics and racing for longer have more of a depth. Um, but I do think that new athletes generally have, you know, a giddy curiosity and, and motivation and a drive, but it may be more based around that, that outcome. Um, so yeah, so, so I would say in, in that way, yes. Um, but you also went into athletes who, who have been around for a long time and you, they do not have the joy and it, it might even tap into what you're saying in, in an opposite way, which is you, it almost perhaps having the event taken away from them helps them re, 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 uh, refined. That's not the right, but find that joy again. <laughs> refined. Yeah, and now I'm, now I'm, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. Maybe nobody else, but we are. That's good. Right. And, and then the, strangely enough, um, they could, they could even need, you know, I was going to say like, try, try a new sport or try a sport that you're not competitive in just to remember what it's all about. So, um, so there could be a little bit of both depending upon, uh, the degree of time the person's been putting into, into, uh, into their sport. Um, it's very interesting. I, I think it's one of the keys. I mean, this, this topic of, of finding joy, you know, in, we'll, we'll say for the purposes of this conversation in, in, in your sports or, you know, in your athletic right. endeavors. Right. Yeah. No, I think it, you know, it is, um, it is, it is important. I think it can be easy. Um, can be easy to get sidetracked. Um, and you know, and I, I think too, you know, things are more, things get, things only get more competitive, right? Like, and, and I guess, you know, I think like everything is, is like gamified, right. And, it, and it's, it's mm-hmm. competitive and you, you have, you know, you have apps and software and, and all these things and they're, they're useful tools, right. For, for the right. If they, again, if they, if their value add to, to, you know, to the athlete or the coach, sure, it's great, but, but there's just more outward like competition, right. And exactly. So it's easy to get, it's easy to get wrapped into that. And, um, yeah, I mean, do you, what do you do as a coach to, or as an athlete or both, um, to like, you know, maybe find that balance, right? Like how do you blend? Cause it, yeah. How do you blend that joy and that competition piece? <clears throat> well, like it, it, it really goes back to who are you in competition with? Who, who are you striving to be better than? And, and you're striving to be the best you can be. So ultimately your competition is against yourself. Now, other people seeing what they're, what they did on Strava might help you. It might hurt you, might help you going to a race might help you push harder, but when somebody gets too caught up in what everybody else is doing, 
that's when they need the reminder that this is really about striving to be the best person or the best athlete you can be. So if, yeah. if that competition against others can stay in check and stay in balance, and like you said, really contribute to the value of being the best you can be, then great. And if it's taken away, then we need to re-shift that balance. Yeah, <clears throat> that's such a good point. I think, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. That, that really honestly kind of just dawned on me while we were talking. I haven't given that a I think I, you know, I've kind of thought about it like subconsciously. Um, and, uh, you know, for me as an athlete, like me personally, I've, uh, I was so competitive for so long and, and I, I realized one day, I mean, this, <clears throat> this conversation kind of hit on because I realized like the joy was gone, right? Like I, it had really zapped in it, it for me and, you know, I'm, this is not, doesn't mean that if you are very competitive or, or I'm not saying that if you're very competitive or race a bunch or whatever, that it, it's going to rob you of your joy. But for me, I got to a point where that was the case and, and I couldn't really remember why I was doing it all anyway. And, and why I was spending so much damn time, you know, <laughs> at, at this thing that, that I wasn't really enjoying anymore. So I, I've kind of, you know, it, 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 as like a, an older, uh, you know, athlete, gone out of my way to remove that competition piece. Cause that's an important part of keeping things joyful for me, you know, is just to like, right. um, not necessarily have that. I still enjoy like the, the, the quantifying piece, you know, I mean, cause I, cause of what I do, you know, for a living, like, you know, tracking it and it, but that's competition with myself, like to your point, you know, I like to just right. see if I go out for a trail run in the, you know, middle of the night by myself, like, the thing that brings me joy is just like coming back and looking at my data, you know, and just seeing like what that looks like compared to the last time or something. But, um, I think I, as I say all that to say, like, <clears throat> I think it's important to kind of find what that looks like for each individual. Would you, would you agree? I think, you know, yes. taking the time to, I, I think we, I see a lot of athletes, um, like follow kind of an assumed path, right? They're like, oh, this is what my this is what my friend did, right? You know, I arrived with somebody on Saturday, and this is what they did, so this is what I'm going to do, right? Or this exactly. is the path I'm going to take, and they get kind of pulled. Um, what do you as a as a coach like? What do you use? And, and maybe the answer is just like conversations with your athlete. But what do you use to try to kind of help the athlete? find that path for themselves? Like, how do you help them navigate that? Mm, the, the path to joy. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's a good way to condense it for sure. Um, but also, yeah, but you know, to that end or within that kind of finding out for them how to straddle the competition and the joy and the motive, like, you know, and, and where, where you're pulling motivation from at any given time, right? Like you need that mm -hmm. kind of extrinsic motivator and then the intrinsic and how do you, I just feel like that's always a really, from a coaching perspective, you know, that can be a challenging thing. So how do you, how do you kind of implement those? How do you get to that with your athlete? Well, I think, I think the conversation is, is the place that it starts because that's where you can hear if 
if the joy is gone or if it's not, not close to the surface. So you, you know, when, when we speak to our athletes on the phone or on video, the feedback that we can get is different than the feedback we can get by looking at their data or even their post-activity comments. There's Mm -hmm. something about speaking with the other person where you're able to identify, first of all, you're identifying, does that joy sound like it's diminishing? And, And so when you can hear that, or maybe they say it, then... I think that's sounds like a, a program, but that's the first step. Um, and <laughs> that's really, that's really to know what we're you have getting a problem. At at, uh, yep. Yes, that's what we're yeah, that's that's what we're getting at at, uh, at TEC. It's really a multi-step. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. so identifying, <clears throat> hey, there there's something here that's being lost. I'm, I'm losing a little bit of the joy, and um it's it's bringing the pendulum to swing a little bit more back into the direction that that it hasn't been swinging so you can still have the competition there you could still have the event coming up or you can still have the competition with a friend or a training partner or a group or a track workout or on strava but it's it's reminding or developing or redeveloping the the other reasons, um, the other components to what you're doing. It just sounds usually when somebody's getting losing the joy, they're they're too they're um, they're too focused on the comparison. And mm-hmm. I I don't know who said this, but I did get this quote from one of my athletes quite a few years ago, and the quote is. Uh, comparison, wait, let me see if I can say this right. Comparison is the thief of happiness. Something like that. I might have it a little off, but I thought that was brilliant. Comparison is the thief of happiness. And so there's motivation in comparison and competition with others, but it's not, it shouldn't be the foundation. So if we can use competition to, to strive and to work harder and to push on the, on those times that we wouldn't by ourselves. Great. But it, it just can't be the foundation. And so I, I think the trick or the tool at that point is to bring things back into balance. It's not just about how you've been running compared to that friend, or if you beat her in this race or the last race, it's, it's about just simply, did you have a good time on your run yesterday? Did you look around? Were you with your dog? Did you look at your pacing? Did your muscles, did your legs feel strong? Did your breathing feel easy? Did you feel like you hit that hard workout really well? So, yep. you know, mo- moving the pendulum back, bringing the balance back. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that's, that's, you know, specific to working with athletes. That's such a big, um, like I only really want the, the data piece to, to compare kind of against the qualitative piece, like after I've heard the qualitative, right? Like after I get those types of answers, right. Or, or maybe ask those types of questions and get those types of answers. 
that's, I use the data to like inform or kind of frame those, um, that feedback, but, but almost never in the other direction, right? Like, do I look at the data and look at pace and look at heart rate and power and whatever we're looking at and then ask like leading questions, right? Ask like, Mm -hmm. Oh, did you, you know, you're at 95%, you know, on this climb, like, did that feel, you know, like it, I want, I want like the honest answer first uh, mm. before I muddy the waters with the data. Right. Cause that's half the story, right? That's the, that's great. That's the, that's the physiological response, but, but the mental side is ultimately to a large extent. I mean, that's what drives the engine, right? That's, that's right. If you're, if you're in a bad place, if you're like, if you've lost your joy, if you're not into the workout, if you're not fine, whatever it is, you know, then it's, it's not going to feel productive. Now, maybe your body produced the effort because you're fit or it was a good workout or whatever, but yeah, no, I, I think that's, it's good to find that, um, it's good to find that balance, you know, and I think we can, to your point, like we can be pulled in the direction to focus on some of the other stuff that maybe is not as consequential as nothing else. I mean, I, for me, it's so critical as an athlete or with athletes that, that we work with to make sure that that athlete has longevity in the sport. Right. And I think that to do that, it has to be, uh, I'm sure you would agree. Like that has to be the joy component, right? Like you can't just, you can't live on competition and be a lifetime athlete, right? Or be a right. you know, an athlete that competes for, you know, ten seasons or twenty, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, yeah, I, I do. And this is, I wonder too. I always wonder what, <clears throat> you know, we, we see a lot of athletes. Um, not not necessarily those that work directly with with TC, but just in general talking to folks and being in the kind of athletic space. You know, we see a lot of folks that are what I refer to as you know just kind of boom and bust, right? They they mm-hmm. do like you know one event, and wh- what do you think? Are those people? I mean, I'm not saying it's bad to be that way. Like, if you just want to do like a bucket list event, you know, I mean, there's value in that. That's fine. But like, what do you think the difference is between like what makes a a lifelong athlete versus somebody who just wants to do one event? Like, is there something we can put our finger on? Like as coaches or athletes to, to kind of, is there something we're not doing or doing wrong? Or is that just kind of the way it is? And some athletes are in it, you know, in it for the long haul and some are, you know, in it just for one kind of the race number and they move on down the road. Oh, yeah. I think it's the, the difference when somebody signs up for a marathon and they start running to finish a marathon and then they check it off their bucket list and they never run again, they weren't, their drive wasn't to, their drive wasn't physiological. And I, I, I think that when somebody on the other side, when you have 
somebody who trains for, let's just say the same sport, the marathon, and works to improve their marathon time, or decides they want to try a more challenging marathon course, or wants to start training so they can do a marathon with their son. It's, it's for the reasons of, they, they both have, they both want the challenge, but I don't think the one-time marathoner has the same value in uh, human performance, in physiological uh, goal, nor do I think they have the value in in health and fitness and and wellness and in physical uh, me- mentally i don't i can't say you know the the difference between the two so i i do th- and i think you can develop that let's say you you are a one time marathoner and then all of a sudden you realize i love running or i love moving my body this is great i'm going to keep doing it but that's the difference the person who keeps <clears throat> doing it is getting the satisfaction out of doing just that moving their body, pushing themselves physiologically. And the person who does it once sees it as another thing. It's, I want to skydive. I want to run a marathon. I want to travel the world. It's one of those things. But the person who repeatedly, right. you know, there's, and, and obviously I can, I tend to be able to identify with <laughs> the person who always wants to do something athletic as, right. as do you, <laughs> I right. think. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that, I mean, that, that, I think that's why I, I, and you, I mean, you said it perfectly. I, I think, um, you know, there, and there, there are people that are just going to be, you know, one and done and that's, that's fine. I, I think, uh, and yeah, you, you highlighted it really well as I think it can be hard. Um, it's always hard for me to, 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 I want those people to, to do it do it for the long haul because I, I see so much value in it. Right. And like me as an individual and, and, you know, obviously as a coach and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, what well, you know, we could do this for, you know, season after so let's keep setting goals and keep doing, you know, and, and, and it, some people just aren't into that. Right. Or, or, you know, mentally they're not, uh, invested that way emotionally, you know, like you said, physically or physiologically. And, um, I think that's a fine, that's fine. Right. I think I should probably, uh, I should probably get off my, my high horse about, you know, <laughs> these people that uh, should do, you know, but I think as coaches, right. We do want, um, we want people to feel the, like, I, I think, you know, for me personally, you know, like moving my body or being an athlete or being an endurance, whatever you want to call it, like that's, that's informed, um, and helps kind of like, that's the lens through which I see everything. Right. And and so, you know, it's made, it makes me better in like all facets of my life. If that is a central component. Um, and so people that don't feel that way, um, you know, I'm always like, well, what do you mean? (laughs) What, what, how, how come you wouldn't want to do this forever? You know, this is great. You can keep pursuing your potential and, and, um, you know, and, and have, you know, increased health benefits and, and so on. So, um, yeah, but no, I think, um, <clears throat> so, so I want to leave, uh, leave folks with, um, cause we've been, we've, um, you talking about just kind of lifetime athletes and, you know, I guess we've, we've hit on that several times in several different ways. 
Um, but from your perspective as, as someone who has valued movement for your whole life, um, what do you think is <clears throat> one of the most important things? Um, what's sorry, Ed, <laughs> I like classic me. I had like four questions go through my head at one time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on uh, the edge of my chair, although I'm not sitting there. Well, that's really, I wanted to build suspense. I thought if I just stayed silent for like 30 seconds, then everybody listening would be just like, you know, with bated breath. Um, no, what, what are some of the, the most, um, important things what can people do in your opinion to to kind of build that mentality right to build um that idea of being a, a lifetime athlete uh versus being someone who and again not to do anything wrong with this but um if someone wants to commit to uh to, to seeing some longevity in whatever their sport is what do you think are kind of you know keys to, to, to make that a reality. So if I understand the question correctly, if somebody is, is not a lifetime athlete is, is interested in, and really wants to be able to see longevity, they're they're currently not, but they, they want to move in that direction. What are some of the practices or advice? well, let's just say for for you, what's been the most impactful things that you've implemented that have kept you uh, interested and excited and and motivated for you know your your life? What does that look like for you? Mm. So for me, because for me as a multi sport athlete, and when I say multi sport, I don't just mean triathlon, swim, bike, run, but for me as a multi-sport athlete, I've identified that that's my character strength and my character flaw. I love doing different things and it's a flaw because I love doing different things. (laughs) But for my, (laughs) for, for my athletic career or personal athletic, you know, life, it's, it's great. It, It keeps, they all fold into each other, but where I used to maybe, swim in a pool or run on a track or work out in a gym, I can take that same run to a trail or to a mountain or to climb or to do yoga. I, I think it's constantly what I have found is what, what feels really good to me and different things can feel good at different times. And it's allowing yourself to put those things in at those times. So if, if I want to be a better runner or see a longer running career, it doesn't, the answer is not just run more for me personally. It's been to change the variable of where am I running? What distance am I running? You know, what am I going to compete in a different kind of run race, a different distance of run race? Um, I, I think I personally need, I want to say variety um, to stay long-term, but I don't, I don't know if that's, that's for me. 
Yeah. Um, Variety, you know, it's the spice of life, right? Spice of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, that's great. I, I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, you and I are, are similar in that regard. I mean, I, I'm constantly like, I, I like to be, um, and I, I think you're in a similar place, you know, as we've matured as athletes, you know, just being kind of fit for life. Right. I, I, I see value in just like pursuing fitness for fitness sake, because who knows what, what life's going to throw at you. Right. Like who knows if you get the opportunity to like do a big ski or do a big run or a bike ride or a swim or whatever it is, a climb. Um, and I think that that variety, um, not that you shouldn't have focus for certain times of the year for certain events, right? Like, you know, all those things matter, but, but also being okay with coming off of that at certain times, if, if specifically, if you find yourself not, I mean, back to our kind of, core part of the conversation, which is if you find yourself not having joy in that, in that specific approach year round, right. Then come back and and do something else, right. Don't be afraid to let go of that a little bit to, to engage in something else. Um, And, and that might even be for a day in the week. You need that one day you're, you're training for this, you're focused on this, but you can't do that every day and you can't do it with that intensity every day. And not just physiologically, but mentally, that focus every day. You need this day. You know, so many athletes have a hard time taking a rest day, or God forbid, taking two rest days or two rest days in a row. But you need this day to to change that and to reset. Um, I maybe in addition, it's twofold. It's it's as we've been talking a lot about. It's finding your joy in what you do, and if you need to make an adjustment to find the joy in that same sport or bring something else in to remember what it's like to be a beginner or the excitement of trying something new or discovering new things. Great. And on the other hand, that longevity in the sport, in your sport or in your sport for this period of time, and then another sport for another period of time, but the longevity of focusing is also about not strangely enough to say not instant gratification realizing Mm. that this isn't about necessarily what you want right now. This is about what you want down the road. And in order to get that gratification, this is what you're doing today. It's, it's, it's set, it's setting up today's focus because when you complete today, when you accomplish that task today, you are, bringing yourself close to or to the actual point of your goal. Is that? Yeah, no, it's, man, no, it's great. You should be, you should be hosting the show. You say it better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to throw the reins over to you. I don't know what I'm doing. Wasting my time being the, so, uh, being the, being the podcast. Um, no, don't be surprised uh, next time when, uh, when Alana's voice is on the show. Yeah, right. No, yeah, this is this uh this is me uh resigning. Uh a lot of you're now in charge of endurance minded. Um no, I I couldn't agree more. I I, I mean I, I just one hundred percent agree and I, I think that that's such a great way to think about, you know, um our kind of journey as athletes, right? It's not one season, it's not one week, it's not one workout, it's not one anything, right? It's it's a culmination of experiences and um, and trials and tribulations and highs and lows and, and, you know, moving through those things effectively is what creates 
longevity, right? And, and finding um, what it looks like to navigate those different components for each individual is is the most important piece, right? Because all those pieces make the, the the puzzle at the end of the you know end of the day or end of the the road or whatever when we're you know no longer able to you know whatever pursue sport in the same capacity that we that we did. So um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. I'm I'm excited, and uh, I'm excited that you're going to be hosting the show now. <laughs> you're better you're, you're better at it than I am, so this is good. I, I I found my replacement, and we had a great conversation, and so it's, it's a double win. Um, all right, cool. Thanks, Alana. I appreciate you. Uh, Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for the chat. And uh, we'll be, uh, everyone will be hearing from you um, on, you know, everything we're doing with TEC and, and different outlets. So thanks. Thanks again. Great, Taylor. Thanks for having me on.